0: This is from the Press Radio Bureau. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Frame Lab podcast. It's me, Gil Duran, with Dr. George Lakoff. Hi, Gil. Hey, George. Well, it's been a while since we've recorded a podcast. We've both been busy doing other things, even though our previous episodes have gotten tens of thousands of listens apiece. And so we're really thankful for our listeners and are going to do a better job of finding ways to communicate with them and get the word out now that... The Trump presidency has entered a very critical phase. What can you tell us, George, about what's going on today?
1: Well, uh, the first thing that's going on uh, concerns uh, Trump, Ukraine, and Biden, where um, Biden uh, is ahead of Trump in the polls and has been. And uh, what prompted this, I think, for Trump, is to uh, try to bring Biden down now, to uh, you know get him out of front runner in the polls, and that's what I think he did with uh, this uh, job in Ukraine, trying to um, convince the public that uh, you know uh, Biden is a, is a crook basically,
0: on the basis of uh, the Ukraine story. And that's important. And we talked before we started recording about why it's important to start with the reason for this entire impeachment inquiry. Donald Trump, fearful of Biden's rising poll numbers, the narrative had begun to build that Biden can beat Trump, can beat him in swing states, uh, where the the only places really Trump is concerned about because the red states will stay with him. um, And he knows he's not going to win the popular vote. Coast to coast. Trump knows he's not going to win California, although he often says that he will. Um, so he was starting to become afraid of Biden. And suddenly, here he goes seeking this damaging information uh, on Biden, or actually, put another way, seeking to frame Biden as corrupt in the very ways that everyone knows Donald Trump to be corrupt.
1: Exactly. And uh, the That's the reason. I mean, this doesn't happen uh, at a random time. It doesn't happen for no reason at all. Uh, The fact is, uh, Biden was ahead of Trump in the polls significantly.
0: And we're going to get on to some deeper questions and thoughts about impeachment. But I think one of the things we've been talking about here is the fact that the reason that this is sort of weaponized against Biden is that there is now no way to talk about impeachment without repeating a debunked conspiracy theory about Joe Biden, and more, more directly, Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, and the Ukraine. By The trick is to try to get us constantly talking about Ukraine, Hunter Biden, and if you look at what the right-wing media is doing, what Trump's doing, they are constantly repeating a false uh, narrative about Biden corruption, and to some degree it's going to seep through because there's no way to talk about impeachment without talking about Biden. But what you're saying is that instead of taking the bait and repeating the story that Trump wants to tell, we have to talk about the fact that he's afraid of Biden and that this is really about Trump fearing Biden's poll numbers. Is that correct? That's exactly right. That's
1: why uh, Trump has, has uh, gone into the Ukraine uh, enterprise. And, uh, you know, he is trying to... Uh, bring down uh, Biden's poll numbers and he's losing to Biden. I mean, that's a very important fact. Right now, he is losing to Biden, Biden. And before all the Ukraine stories came out, he knew he was losing to Biden.
0: And so you said this before we started recording. Trump is shifting the frame and he's putting his own frame, the frame that's been on him for a while, the corruption frame, onto his opponent. That's right. And, and Trump
1: does this all the time. You're calling me this. I'm going to call it you that. Constantly, you know. You're even worse than you know. You called me. That's what he does. It's one of his tricks, and it's important because what it does is say that uh, the form of corruption that's involved doesn't just necessarily stick to him. If he can get that out into the media, then
0: he it you know doesn't just stick to him. I think yesterday was a story, even the Russian state media is now saying, oh, if if, Biden, if, if Trump can only get into the, the compromise that Ukraine has on Biden, that's the sweetest information of all. So here's Russia, which we know has been trying to interfere on our elections. And they're basically accusing Ukraine and Biden of doing what it would appear that Russia and Trump have been doing for quite some time now. Um, so. He's not just he, he's hanging his own frame on Biden or trying to, and, and it's kind of like that old playground taunt. Mm-hmm. I am rubber, you're glue, whatever you say to me bounces off and sticks to you. It's literally on that level of whatever you say about me, I'm going to say it about you louder. I'm going to say it about you on Twitter. I'm going to have Rudy Giuliani saying it too, and it, it works to some degree. Exactly.
1: It's repeated over and over and over, and what's repeated is heard more and is out there more, and Trump knows this. Do you think this is going to hurt Biden in the polls? It depends on uh, what uh, we all do. It depends on what the Democrats do, on what Biden does, on um, what Nancy Pelosi does, uh, but, uh, and especially what comes out in the media. Uh, it doesn't have to hurt him in the polls. In fact, it could help him in the polls. The real, the real question is, what are we all going to be saying and thinking?
0: You had mentioned earlier, before we started recording, that it's important that we not see Biden as a victim. Being seen as a victim is dangerous for Biden, why? People don't like to vote for victims.
1: They want to vote for heroes. That's really important. So when Biden comes out and says, I'm gonna beat him like a drum, that's a, a powerful statement. You know, that's not Biden being a victim.
0: And so now he's trying to put Biden on the defense with the slander campaign, and that could possibly change that.
1: Right. And Biden needs to come right back out saying, I'm beating him now, I'm going to beat him like a drum, and here's why he's doing this.
0: Now, more particularly on impeachment itself, a lot of people uh, who are progressives, who are Democrats, are very happy that impeachment has finally arrived. A lot of people were ready for impeachment a long time ago. And there's no doubt that there's been a tremendous amount of things that Trump has done that would seem eminently impeachable to someone with a progressive brain. Uh, But now we've reached a point where the question is whether people who are not just Democrats, people who are not just anti-Trump, will see impeachment as necessary uh, because of the things Trump has done. One of the things we've been talking about is how Impeachment will only harden Trump's base, Um, and if you look at what's happening out there in social media or in Fox News right now, you see that uh, a lot of the people who've just been his cheerleaders the whole time are hardening, are rejecting this all as lies, as fake news, as the work of the so-called deep state. Um, So I guess the first point to get out of the way is, is there any way to move Trump's base supporters and make them wonder if maybe the president has done something wrong? It's not so clear.
1: Um, The question is, would his supporters see him as betraying them? And it's not clear that he has been betraying them. He may be be betraying the Constitution. He may be betraying our principles of democracy. But it's not clear that he has been betraying his supporters.
0: So I don't think that that's going to work with them. They're going to stick with him no matter what. And you had mentioned Trump's comment about Fifth Avenue. Yeah.
1: Uh, Trump said I could go and shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and um, nothing would happen to me. You know, Uh, I wouldn't be convicted of anything
0: because, you know, people would just support me, period. And we have seen, at least with that very staunch conservative base, that he was right about that.
1: That's right. Right with that base, he's right about that for a very deep reason. And I I think it's important to appreciate that reason. Uh, Trump's base has to do with what I've called strict father morality. The idea that uh, you have a a strict father who uh, is whose word is law, that Trump comes on as that kind of strict father, you know, who says, you know, everything I say is what is right and you have to do it, period. And, um, you know, uh, I, I define what's right and wrong. And that uh, idea is there in the base. That is, there are, you know, probably 35 to 39 percent of uh, American voters who have that view of family-based morality. This is about the family, but we see the nation as a family. And so that family-based morality goes on to our national morality, metaphorically projected. And this is important to understand, that this family-based form of morality affects our politics. It is everywhere in our politics. And it's not just that there are strict father notions. There are what I've called nurturing parent views. There's the idea that uh, there are people out there who say uh, we want to take care of people. That people, that the idea of government, uh, of, by, and for the people is for the people. That government is there to take care of of people uh, and to make sure that, um, uh, you know, uh, the public resources are there for private life. That private life depends on public resources and that we need to provide them. Now, that is a view that's there in the Democrats and liberals in general, it's not a conservative view. It's not a uh, certainly not a Trumpian
0: view. And so with the people who do have that strict father, I am the law, what I say goes uh, viewpoint, who appreciate someone like Trump, um, we can't reach them. I think Jeff Guerin today, the, the pollster, was quoted in the Washington Post saying that, well, Trump, will probably only keep his base and maybe even solidify their support, he sort of has to worry about swing voters, people in the middle, moderates, so-called moderates who you call biconceptuals. What is the risk for Trump in terms of appearing to have betrayed the nation among biconceptuals? Or as Nancy Pelosi put it, the actions of the Trump presidency revealed dishonorable facts of the president's betrayal of his oath of office, betrayal of national security, and betrayal of the integrity of our elections. Is that enough to reach people who are not in his base but who may have some conservative leanings?
1: The one thing the strict father cannot do is betray the family. And that is why the word betrayal is so important here. The strict father you know, may define what's right and wrong, but he can't define betrayal as right. I mean, betrayal means it goes against everything that's seen as right, and that he himself is defined as right. So this is really a very crucial thing. And it's the right word here. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has got it, you know, on the button.
0: Well, to be clear, you had that from the very beginning back in 2016. Donald Trump is, above all things, a betrayer of trust. So you yeah. always saw it coming. Right. I wrote about it
1: back in 2016. That's true. But what's interesting to me is that, um, you know, there's Nancy Pelosi, who may or may not have read that piece, uh, piece I wrote in 2016 and probably didn't, coming at it herself. Uh, she's a pretty smart person, and to say the least, and uh, she she understands it. There's been
0: this debate over whether Trump thinks impeachment helps him, and so to go back to that question about swing voters or bi-conceptuals, does impeachment help Trump? Impeachment without conviction. Remember that
1: impeachment is an accusation, but there's a process, and the process is conviction, and that can only be done by the Senate. And the Senate is controlled by Mitch McConnell. It's a Republican-based Senate. And unless you can get Republicans to come out for impeachment, he won't be convicted. If they don't get that, then he he is accused without being convicted and says, hey, I've been shown to be innocent. I've been shown to be just fine. You know, uh, the Congress itself has shown that I'm, you know, uh, unimpeachable. And there he is. And this is a danger. You know, if Mitch McConnell can hold all of those senators, we cannot convict him. And most people forget that impeachment is a process and that the word impeach just is the... Uh, the accusation. It's the conviction that's crucial. And that has to be done by the Senate, which is run by Mitch McConnell. Now, that makes it really, really
0: hard to impeach and convict. The argument that's been made by people who understand that Senate may not convict, it's under Republican control, has been that we have to do this anyway. Right. This is the thing we have to do. It's the Constitution. And I guess you can make an argument now that if you don't impeach Trump, even if you only do the House impeachment process, then you're basically telling him he can get away with anything. I mean, if you look at it, Trump had essentially evaded impeachment on the Mueller Mm -hmm. report, even though apparently some of the stuff he did right around that same time. And then he turns around and does the same thing Mm -hmm. over again. Right. That he's been accused of doing the first time, which is attempts to collude with a foreign power to intervene in American elections and betray the country's uh, independence, so to speak. So there's a certain argument to be made that, that Democrats have no choice. I mean, Trump had literally gotten away with it. Nancy Pelosi clearly did not want to impeach, had withstood a lot of pressure to impeach. And Trump is basically – and I don't think he's necessarily doing this deliberately – but he he, through his misbehavior – has forced impeachment upon the nation. So, isn't it important to just do the right thing in a situation like this? And is there a chance that by doing so, you create the conditions for more popular support for the idea once people become aware of what this president has been trying to do with his office?
1: Yes, but that leaves out the crucial part. Framing. Impeachment is a process that if carried out has to have conviction, and that can only be done by the Republicans in the Senate to actually convict. Now, the nation, most people don't know this. I mean, we have a job here. We have to tell, not only our audience, but get people in in our audience to tell everybody they know that impeachment is an accusation, but it takes the, the Senate to convict on impeachment. It's a process that requires conviction. And if he's accused but not convicted, he comes out scot-free and says, Hey, I've been shown to be innocent because I haven't been proven guilty. That is, I don't have, the the Senate hasn't come down on this. Now, it's crucial that not just our audience, but that the widest possible part of America understand what this is about. So far, the journalists on TV have not really done their job. They have not come out and pointed out that uh, impeachment is an accusation, but the process requires conviction by the Republicans in the Senate, at least six of them. Now, it's crucial for Democrats, who are going to be running against those Republicans, to make sure... That, the, that how those Republicans vote is recorded. That this is a major thing that Democrats should be campaigning on in each of those Republican districts. They're not doing that now. Well, it just started. It just started, but I don't. You know, it hasn't been seen that this is an issue to be campaign, campaigned on in each district, mm-hmm. district by district. It's not out there in the media. You, don't, you go, go and you know, listen to all the, even the, the most liberal of the liberal media
0: and you don't hear it yet. Well, isn't the idea, though, that if we only make it about impeachment, then it's only about Trump rather than getting other values and plans out there? That's correct. And that's why you need to frame it properly. So
1: how do you do that? You need to say what's at stake in, in this impeachment You need to say uh, what's at at stake in voting, uh, what's at stake in um, who you elect, what's at stake district by district, what's at stake for our environment, for our economy, uh, for uh, our democracy. You know, it's crucial because every district where there's a Republican running against a Democrat in those districts, all those issues are now coming up. These are the, most, the deepest issues in our democracy. And usually in these districts, what people do is look for local issues. You know, what are the local things that uh, this Republican has done that the Democrats can go against and so on. And the I, the deeper issues are are you know usually not there because they seem to be too abstract, uh, they seem to be you know too uh, you know uh, grade schoolish, you know about democracy and so on. So they want to get them on some you know local uh, thing that you know that they've done that's wrong and so on, which is not wrong to do, but the point is that there's a deeper issue here in addition to every, all of the, the, lo- the local
0: issues. Well, you mentioned three deep issues for Democrats that should be the frame. You mentioned patriotism, upholding the Constitution, and doing what's right. Mm-hmm. Tell us about why those are three important ways to talk about impeachment.
1: It's important to understand that um, the call for impeachment is a patriotic call. It's not against Trump. It's for our democracy and for our country. This is something that you do if you believe in our country and our democracy. That's what's important here. It's not just that Trump did something worthy of impeachment, that he had high crimes and misdemeanors, which is true. But the call for impeachment is necessary in these cases. It's not a choice. Our country does not give a choice in these cases. That's what's important here. There is no choice. If you're going to uphold the principles of this democracy, this is what you have to do, period. You can't
0: let it go. It's too important. The second part there is upholding the Constitution. Mm -hmm. That's what Nancy Pelosi pointed to in terms of why she finally reversed her position. She had been doing everything she could to avoid impeachment. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is the, I guess, to answer your earlier question, why impeach if you can't convict? Um, Because that's what the Constitution requires at this point. And I guess the question is, through the process of impeachment, do people tune in and do people shift their positions? and? uh through hearing what exactly it is that's transpired to require the impeachment.
1: That's important. And the question is, how do you bring in the deeper, more patriotic, more constitutional issues while getting at the fine details of what's going on what went on in Ukraine. This isn't just about, you know, some small thing in some other country, you know, this is about the deepest part of our constitution and our democracy. You know, that's the important thing. That, that, that detail about what went on in Ukraine
0: brings together the deepest issues in our, con- in our country. And beginning with the fact that Joe Biden was running ahead of Trump in the polls, the narrative was building, and Trump looks for some way to make uh, Trump vulnerable. Exactly. To to blow holes in his narrative of a guy who can restore the country. Do you think it'll work? I don't know. It depends on what
1: everybody out there does.
0: I don't know if it'll work. If you look at how the Republicans are framing impeachment, they're obviously calling it all lies, conspiracy to take down a president who they claim is doing the greatest things any president has ever done wonderfully. Um, Deep state... The usual leap state just means that we have an intelligence um, function and that people become aware, people try to betray the country in phone calls with high-level leaders of other countries, generally par for the course in Washington. They're framing it as anti-patriotic, as an attack on the nation, and as an attempt to harm the country because in their telling of it, um, Trump is doing so many wonderful and great things, and Democrats don't want wonderful and great things, and so they're trying to take down Trump. Uh, As Trump put it in an ad he released on Twitter, they're trying to take away your health care. They're trying to take away your vote, which is hilarious because that's exactly what the Republicans are doing. Yes. right. Republicans are trying to take away health care. Republicans are trying to take away uh, the vote by uh, cleansing voter rolls and making it harder to vote in key states. Uh, So are Republicans in danger of going off the edge of reality here and, and, and losing... Uh, their ability to communicate with rational human beings they are trying to portray an alternate reality
1: uh, as we've heard uh, before they're preventing they're presenting alternative facts uh, as uh, trump supporters have uh, said in the past and this is important they're trying to change our understanding
0: of reality and it's important not to let them Is there any chance that Republicans say, hey, this guy is crazy, he's a loose cannon, he escaped impeachment, now he's forcing himself to get impeached here, let's dump him, let's vote to convict, and let's start new and get another person to run for president as a Republican in 2020. Is there any chance they do anything like that, in your opinion? Very little, because he's giving the Republicans what they
1: want. They want victories on certain issues, and they want victories uh, in uh, in lots of districts. And uh, he is giving them a lot of what they want. You know, they want changes in the tax code, and he's giving them, giving them that. Uh, they want all sorts of, of detailed things. They want them. They want to stop on uh, uh, fighting global warming. Uh, they want all sorts of things to. Uh, Um, you know, increase the use of fossil fuels uh, to support certain areas of the economy and so on. Basically, Trump is giving giving Republicans what they want, mostly. And that's
0: important to them, you know. One telling thing that happened this week that was actually kind of funny was Trump said, well, Mike Pence had some emails with Ukraine too. Sort of dragging Pence into... ...the scandal and making it clear that the maybe the Republicans should not be tempted to impeach him... ...thinking they'll have President Pence, because if you get rid of Pence, then you have President Pelosi. Yes. So, the, uh, again, Trump showing that his loyalty is to one person, one person only. Yes, you've got it. And that's important to see.
1: I'm glad you brought that up. Now, why would he mention Pence? Right? Because if you impeach Trump on this and Pence did the same thing, he should be impeached as well. Maybe you impeach them together. If you do that, you get President Pelosi. So, you know, he's thinking ahead.
0: Yeah, because the Republicans can't, therefore, have to really consider that possibility if they impeach him. Right. Although, given how much Republicans will tolerate, they, they could impeach Trump and then just refuse to impeach and remove Pence. That's possible. Although they'd still come out of that pretty damaged. But at this point, the calculation they have to make is how much damage do they take by sticking with Trump versus how much damage they get from their base by trying to jettison him. I think they probably stick with him, though even some on Fox News seemed to be getting queasy. There was a big story in Vanity Fair about the internal fights at Fox News with some people feeling that it's time to start building some distance and... Uh, acknowledging the reality about the corruption and, and problems of the Trump administration, while others are maintaining that we have to stick in this surreal space where Trump is a, sort of a godlike figure who can do no wrong?
1: Well, they've got strict father morality. And the question is, can they, can they keep strict father morality and keep all of those voters who have strict father morality uh, while jettisoning the biggest strict father of them all? And the only way they can do that is betrayal. They have to go along with what Nancy has said, that he has betrayed the Republicans, that he's betrayed his own base. Now, how has he betrayed his base? That's not clear. You can say that if his base really thinks that they will uphold the Constitution, you know, if his base really believes uh, in... Uh, in our Constitution, then he's betrayed, our, betrayed the base. Well, the question is, does the base believe more in strict father morality than in the Constitution? That's not clear. What would your guess be? I guess that they'd stick with strict father morality because that is defines who they are deep inside themselves. It is a matter of self-definition.